tonight, if you would, go back to Joshua chapter 24, and uh, hopefully every one of you received a copy of the outline tonight. If you did not, raise your hand. We want to make sure we get anybody got in here without a copy of the outline. Keep your hand up there. Maybe one of you ushers got a couple copies. Just keep your hand up till they get one to you. Joshua chapter 24 tonight. If you're able to physically, let's stand tonight out of respect for the Word of God. And uh, we'll just read a couple verses and have a word of prayer and let you be seated. Joshua chapter 24. Keep your hand up if you still need a copy of the outline. And I want to make sure we got Brother Kenny too down here down front. And anybody else? All right. Okay, while they're bringing those, Joshua chapter 24. And let's read these two verses together. Chapter 24, verses 14 and verse 15. All right? Chapter 24, verses 14 and 15. And let's begin. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this evening. Thank you for this time to be in your house. I pray that your word would enrich our lives. Help us, Lord, as we make choices on a daily basis. God, may we honor you with our lives and with the choices we make. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May be seated. Thank you for standing tonight for the reading of the Word of God. As you think about this passage, and we began this morning, and tonight we continue thinking about all that Joshua had done in his life, the many things that he had seen God do. And I, I'm, I'm amazed that when I study what was going on at this time historically in Joshua chapter 24, it was a very exciting time. And it reminds me of our church because, I mean, I realize our church is 68 years old. But to me, I consider our church to be a very young church. Uh, I think about all the people that are here that are a part of our church that have been added just in the last year or two or maybe three years. And many of those individuals are young in the Lord. They're young babes in Christ. And I think to myself that when you see people being added and see people being saved, it's an exciting time. I, I'm glad that I'm a part of a church where something's happening. I, I've been in churches that are dead. I mean, you walk in and you don't even know if anybody's breathing in those churches. That song that Brother Kenny led there, Hallelujah, I, I felt like I was a Catholic again. Sit, steal, stand, kneel. Sit, stand, kneel, you know. And it, it's just sometimes you become so ritualistic in our serving the Lord, in our worship, and I'm glad that God, by His Holy Spirit, can help us to see how exciting it is to be a part of God's work in 2018. And that's the way it was in this day in Joshua 24. They had defeated their enemies. They had claimed what oftentimes was called the promised land. Remember, we just read the verse. It says, the land of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. I mean, this wasn't theirs. They didn't pay for it. God gave them that land. And it was an exciting time. It was a time of hope. It was a time of prosperity. It was a time of blessings. And I know that many of us have faced challenges even in this last year. But all of us, if we'd be honest, we would say that 
God gave us a renewed hope in 2017. God blessed our lives in 2017. God prospered us in 2017. The truth is, God is better to us than we deserve. And God was so very good to us in this past year, and God was good to the children of Israel, but understand that just like today, in Joshua's day, it was a day that could have been a dangerous time. Look what the Bible says, Deuteronomy 6, 12. The Bible says, Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. It's so easy sometimes to forget all that God has done for us. Things start to happen in our lives, and we start to say that, woe is me. Uh, I can't believe this is happening. Why is this happening to me? And many times what it is, is us forgetting the Lord. Psalm 78, 7, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. We mentioned this morning, just like as you think about the children of Israel here, it was the, the danger there, it was them forgetting uh, where they had come from. The danger was in them forgetting how they had got to where they were. There was a real danger in forgetting what the Lord had done for them to this point. And in our days, and I've seen this happening in so many people's lives, is there's a real danger. The danger is the danger of settling in. The danger is becoming complacent in our Christian life. Some people have this attitude, well, I'm saved, I'm on my way to heaven, so I'm just going to shift it into neutral. No, if there ever was a time to put it into overdrive, it's now. And a lot of people have become complacent. They've kind of let down their guard. Look at the Bible, says in Deuteronomy 8, verse 14. Then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. See, it's after the blessings of God. It's after the prosperity that God gives to us. It's after the season of hope that many times there's a time of forgetting all that God has done. Luke 12, 19, I, I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. You know, that's what happens sometimes when we've got money in the bank, when everything just looks like it's going good. Now, I don't know if I've ever had that time in my life, but I'll tell you this, God has met my every need in my life. But there's some people who say, look, I have all that I need. And when they say that, what they're really saying is, I don't need God. I've got all that I need. I've got money. I've got riches. I've got everything that will provide for my life. But what was Joshua doing? He was saying, look, don't put it in neutral. Uh, don't take your ease. He was saying to the children of Israel, and God is saying to us as a church, it's time to choose. It's not time to settle in. It's time to dedicate ourselves to God, to the work of God, to, to all the good things that the Lord has done for us. The Bible says the Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies over all His work. You know, God has redeemed us, has He not? God has has delivered us. God has given us victories. And, and the course of our lives is determined by the choices that we will make 
in this new year. It's not our wishes, our intentions. It's not our resolutions that shape our destiny, but it's the actions that we choose when we're confronted by decisions in life. I've met some very blessed people, and I look at their life and I think, whoa, what a blessing to see how God has blessed them, God's prospered them. But even some of those blessed people, I've I've known their testimony, they don't coast through life without problems. Uh, they, 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 they've had times where they've had to make, make some hard choices. I think about one in the Bible, Moses. I think about his parents and how Moses would have never lived even to adulthood. Uh, he wouldn't have lived very long at all had it not been for the choice of his parents to hide their son from the evil decree of Pharaoh that all Hebrew baby boys needed to be murdered. What a choice that his mother and father made for their son to preserve his life. And then I think about as you go on in his life, how then it becomes Moses' choice because he was chosen by God to lead Israel out of bondage. But that would have never happened if Moses would have not chosen to turn his back on the pleasures of sin for a season. So easily he could have taken what was offered him as a young man in the palace of the king, but he chose to stand with God's people instead. And the thing about difficult choices is that we do not know what will turn out of those choices. We never know the outcome many times of the choices that we make. Even if we choose what is right to the best of our knowledge, the correctness of our decision is not determined based on earthly income outcome, the, 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 the result is determined by whether we act in obedience to God and have faith in the Lord. Folks, listen, what I'm trying to say to you tonight is this, that faith chooses to believe that what God has said is true and that you and I need to act upon it with obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we need to do in this new year. When, when you get to chapter 24 of Joshua, Joshua is speaking to a group of people who had grown up with the blessings of God in their life. It's kind of like the psalmist said, ye are blessed of the Lord, which made heaven and earth. And honestly, in our lives, I know that in my life and many of your lives, you can testify of the same thing, that God has blessed us. God has been good to us. Somebody said, God always gives his best to those who leave the choice with him. And it is true that you and I are a product of our choices. So tonight, I want you to think about some of these choices based on Joshua 24, verses 14 and 15, because every one of us need to make sure that we're choosing wisely. Notice the first thing I see about this passage and about Joshua addressing these people is that Joshua made a personal choice. He made a personal choice, and here's how it's worded in the Word of God. As for me. Notice there the personal pronoun. Now certainly he's addressing the children of Israel. He's addressing the people of God. But Joshua says, look, I'm in this too. I've been a part of this. And I understand how important it is for you to make a choice. But I just want you to know that I am where I am today because of a choice that I made a long time ago. You see, when you read Joshua 24, it's not like Joshua just decided right then and there. No, no, no. Joshua decided a long time ago. He made up his mind a long time ago, and his choice was that he was going to serve God 
uh, no matter what other people did, he was going to serve the Lord. See, Joshua's choice was an adamant choice. This choice that he made to serve the Lord was one where he refused to change his mind. Joshua was a determined young man. I mean, there was something different about Joshua and the other young men that he grew up with. I love this. I read this years ago, but I, I think that it's fitting that this probably would have been Joshua's testimony, and maybe you want to adopt it yourself in your own life. I don't know who wrote it, but here's what it says. He, he, Joshua may have testified, I'm part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My future is secure. I'm finished and done with low living, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tamed visions, mundane talking, cheap living, and dwarf goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, plaudits, or popularity. I don't have to be right. First, tops, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by faith, lean on his presence, walk by patience, live by prayer, and labor by his power. My face is set, my gate is fast, my goal is heaven, my road is narrow, my way is rough, my companions few, my guide reliable, and my mission is clear. I cannot be bought, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of adversity, negotiate at the table of the enemy, or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up, or let up until I have stayed up, stored up, prayed up, paid up, and preached up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus. I must go till he comes, give till I drop, preach till I'll know, and work till he stops me. And when he comes for his own, he will have no problem recognizing me. Now, honestly, I think that would have been Joshua's testimony. You know why? Because he made an adamant choice. I am determined. I think about him on that day. He stood there all by himself in front of all those people. He made an adamant choice, but notice he made an announced choice. This was something that he didn't hide. It was something that he vocalized. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. We need to be like John the Baptist. You know what John was? He was a voice crying in the wilderness. He did not hesitate. He was not ashamed. The Bible says that Paul testified, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And listen, every one of us need to be a mouthpiece for the Lord and choose to vocalize that we are a child of God. Don't hide your identity in Christ. Have an announced choice, but notice it was an affirmed choice. This wasn't the first time that Joshua had determined that he was going to live for God, that he was going to serve God. You go back and study. We don't have the time tonight. You go back and study Joshua's life. And I'm going to tell you, as a young man, Joshua chose, hey, 12 went in to spy out the land. How many were bad? Come on, you know your Bible? 10 were bad, right? How many good? Two. Who else besides Joshua? Caleb. Now think about that, folks. Joshua says, look, doesn't matter what the other 10 say. I'm going to give a good report. I'm going to serve God. See, he vocalized, he announced his choice, but he affirmed it. Listen, somebody said, when you choose your behavior, 
You choose your consequences. And that is true. Uh, Joshua, look at here's a great verse about his life. We're in chapter 24 tonight. As Joshua stands before them, but I want you to go all the way back to chapter 1 in Joshua. Look at verse number 7, because I think this is the way he lived his life. The Bible says, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. And that's exactly the way Joshua lived his life. And in the end, Joshua could stand there and testify, God's been good to me. And that's what we need to do is we need to make a personal choice. And Joshua made a personal choice. Hey, listen, in this new year, I want to challenge you to make a personal choice. I talked about it this morning. We, we are introducing, and this is not anything new, we're just kind of putting a new label on it. We're calling it Pulse. It's this soul winning program that we're introducing that we're going to start and notice here on we're going to kick off on February the 3rd. Now listen, I'm talking to every one of you tonight that if you are interested in what God is interested in, the Bible says that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And understand that what is the most important thing to our Lord and Savior is that people would know Christ as their Savior, that they would be saved, that they would have a home in heaven someday. And here's what we're going to do is, we're going to, Brother Chris is going to help us with this. Next week, we're going to have sign-up cards. And we're going to ask you to sign up and dedicate yourself, make a choice to say, I'm going to be a part of that. Maybe you've never done it before. That's okay. I can remember years ago when I had never gone out, I had never talked to somebody about the Lord. Hey, listen, it's a good time to start. God's given you a brand new year, and I'll tell you, you'll be amazed at what God will do with someone who is willing and obedient. And as you go out, I'm going to tell you something, I can't wait to hear you come back with the excitement and, Pastor, you just can't believe what happened. No, I can believe it. Because I've been there. I know that God is able. I know that with God, all things are possible. You know what God's looking for tonight? He's looking for a vessel that wants to be used by him. And in this new year, listen, as we hit that month of February, we're going to have a time where we're going to go out and we're going to take the the gospel of Jesus Christ out into the highways and hedges. Listen, we've got to be determined like Joshua. If we want to see people saved, we've got to get involved. And I want to challenge you to get involved in that. And the next thing I want you to see is that we need to make a personal choice, as Chris already said, to be at the Winter Revival. But not only be there, I want you to pray before you come. I want you to spend that season in prayer. Folks, listen, we have to work that ground of our hearts. I know from time to time I have to stop and say, Lord, uh, there's something wrong with me. The last time I really wept over a lost soul, the last time I really cared about someone the way I should care about them. You know, I think about how many Christians... We go through our lives, and I'm going to tell you, it makes the devil happy when we have no concern for the lost. You're standing in a a line in the grocery store this week, and there's people in front of you and people behind you. What you need to be thinking is, those are souls that Jesus died for, and someone needs to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we think about that, a revival 
will stir our hearts afresh. It'll give us a, a fresh look at, at what God wants, not only for our lives, but for the entire world. Folks, listen, we need to have our hearts set afire and have a desire to do whatever it is that God would want us to do. And what a great way to do that in a revival meeting where we hear the Word of God and the Word of God impacts our lives. And if there's something in our lives, listen, we pray and say, God, search me and try me and see if there be any wicked way in me and get thoroughly right with God. You know why? So that God can do something in our lives, but it all goes back to one thing. It goes back to a choice. You have to choose to be a part of that. You see, Joshua made some personal choices, and in this new year, we're giving you opportunities right out of the starting gate. We're giving you a personal opportunity to be involved in soul winning. We're giving you a personal opportunity to be a part of a winter revival where your heart can be stirred and maybe where you can get back on track in your Christian life. Can I tell you that you and I need to make some personal choices? Joshua said this, as for me. But notice, secondly, it not only was a personal choice, it was a parental choice. He says, as for me and my house. See, he just brought the whole family in on that one. It was, this wasn't just something for Joshua. I, I love what uh, some of you might remember. It kind of takes me back a little bit. The comedian Buddy Hackett. And Buddy Hackett, years ago, he said this. He says, as a child growing up, my family's menu consisted of two choices. Take it or leave it. That's what he said. Take it or leave it. I mean, that's the kind of home that he grew up in. I remember when I first met my wife, we would go over to her house and, and we'd sit down for a meal. And I heard my mother-in-law say, yeah, listen, you need to eat some of this. And a, a couple of her sisters would say, no, thank you. And she says, no, 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 you're going to take some. And she scooped it on the plate anyway. And, and she said, one of them said, what do you call this? And she says, I call it, call it make them eat it. That's what she called it. Everything that the kids didn't want to eat, she called it make them eat it. And uh, some of you will get that. Just make them eat it. All right? That's what it is. Kind of like, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, what's the, uh, the one with the Takahoma sock? Anybody remember that one? Nope, nobody. What's a steak and shake? We were like, what's a Takahoma sack? Take home a sack. That's what it was, all right? But make them eat it is what it was. And so think about it. As you think about a parent, look, you know what God gives us? God gives us influence. Uh, now, listen, you may still have children at home. Maybe you have no children. God gives you an opportunity with people in your life that God has given you influence. He's given you a sphere of influence. There are people around you that you can influence. And Joshua said this, but as for me and my house. Now, the question is this. Is it easier to serve God because of you? One of the things that people look at me, and, and certainly I'm no example. Don't look at me. Look at the Lord. But, but I have four children. And I'm very proud of all of my children. A lot of times they think I'm not, but I'm very proud of my children. And, uh, and, and I can tell you, and you can ask them, we never pushed our children into the ministry. My heart's desire was this, that my children would know the Lord as their Savior and that they would have a heart to serve God. Uh, that, had, that was nothing to do with full-time ministry. Now, if that was God's desire, if that was God's will and they were willing to do God's will, then so be it, and God is blessed to where some of our children are in full-time ministry. We're just as proud as 
all of our children, no matter if they're in the ministry or not. We love all of them equally. Now, they try to play favorites, but we love them equally. It keeps me out of hot water. But here's the thing is, as I think about this, it's so important for us to understand that we need to, we need to live in such a way that our children would want to serve God. Our children love the Lord. And this is what Joshua is saying here. He says, look, I want to live in such a way, as the Bible says in Hebrews 10, he says, let us consider one another to provoke one another unto love and to good works. Now, you know, listen, the Bible talks about provoke not a child unto wrath. That's one of the verses my children always threw up to me whenever I was kind of messing with them a little bit. And I was good at that, by the way. But here's the thing is, the Bible says we need to be provoking one another unto love and to good works. Uh, we've got to make some parental choices. Why? Because God gives us influence. We're either going to influence our children for the Lord or we're going to influence them for the world. And I'd rather my children be influenced for the Lord. And Joshua says, look, I've made the choice as for me. But then he says, and my house. Now notice that as Joshua made this choice, it, notice how was he going to do this. Look at first of all, he was going to lead his family by example. Joshua, like Timothy, in 1 Timothy, it says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. How do you do that? In word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. You know, I, I was just talking to somebody the other day, and I said, you know, a lot of times you're out in the world, and somebody gets, just gets so belligerent, and they blow up in your face. And, and what do they expect when they do that? They expect you to blow up back at them, right? And I told this, this Christian I was talking to, I said, you know what you need to do is kill them with kindness. I said, if you do that, they don't have a clue how to respond to that. I mean, the only thing they respond to is somebody yelling back at them, somebody cursing back at them. I just love to do that to people because they just stand there like, well, well you know, they, they just, they're clueless. And the Bible says that we have to be an example of the believers. What do people hear coming out of your mouth? What do people see in the way that you live your life? Do people see you loving other people, having the right spirit? Do they see your faith in God? I mean, the Bible says that we need to live a pure life. We need to influence our family. Well, how do we do that? By our attitudes. We need to influence our family by our actions, the things that we do. How about this one? You can influence your family by your self-discipline. Sometimes, it, you know, I, I, I've had all four of my children. They're all so different. And my youngest daughter, she's, she's just like me. Boy, I mean, she work, has to be at work at 8 o'clock. She's, she's there at 7.30. I mean, she's never late. Now, I can't say that for all my children, but she is always early. You know, and, and look, we need to have discipline in our lives, and, and we can influence by our work ethic. We can influence our family by our words, by our humility. How about this? You can influence your family by your forgiveness. You see, you're being more like Christ when you learn to forgive someone. Joshua understood, look, I can lead my family. And I, I think about this, you know, what is your family catching from you? They're going to catch something. Uh, you know, are, they're either going to understand how to love people and how to treat people, or they're going to understand that dad's just like all the people that they work with that are not saved. They need to ha have the right influence in their lives. Well, what is something we can do here as a church in this new year? What is something that you can make a choice as a parent? 
one of the things that God put on my heart was to have a family conference. Uh, something that we can maybe take a day or two and have a guest preacher come in and, and uh, Pastor Humbert is coming. How many of you remember the handlebar mustache preacher? And he is such a blessing when he comes. And when he comes to that family conference, uh, you need to do one thing if you want to get on the good side of the preacher is bring ho-hos. Bring all kinds of ho-hos. How many of you know what a ho-ho is? And he, I don't know why, but he loves those things. And he eats ho-hos and Diet Pepsi. I guess how he balances it out, you know? But why would I have somebody come all the way from Chicago, Illinois, down here to South Florida? Because I believe he'll be a blessing. I believe he'll help our, our families. And you need to understand that it's a great opportunity for you to make a choice to be a part of that so that you can get something to help you to have the right influence on those that God has placed in your life, your children, maybe your family members. Somebody said, more is caught than taught. Stephen Covey said, leadership is a choice. It's not a position. It's a choice. And you can choose like Joshua chose. Joshua chose to lead. But notice another way that as a parent, Joshua said, I'm not only going to lead, but I'm going to love. I'm going to learn to love people. Some people are easier to love than others, are they not? <laughs> I like what somebody said years ago, to dwell above with those we love, oh, that will be glory. But to dwell below with those we know, well, that's another story. <laughs> you know? But the Bible says this in 1 John 4, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. There's, there's no one, listen to me, there is no one that you, you, say, you can honestly say, I, I don't love them, I can't love them. If you have the Spirit and the love of God in you, you should learn to love everyone. The Bible says we ought to also love one another. Somebody said whoever loves much does much. Whoever loves much does much. And so th there is a choice that you can make not only to lead but to love. And as you think about love, I think about uh, something that we put on our calendar. We do this every year, and, and the devil fights this every year is our couples retreat. I am very excited about our couples retreat. We've got a great speaker coming this year. Dr. Mark Rasmussen will be there here for our couples retreat. We've scheduled him a, a day early and a day after. And I'm going to tell you, the last two years, boy, it's, it, every time it gets close to the retreat time, Things start to happen where couples can't come, and things happened uh, two years ago. We had one of our speakers, his wife had a heart attack four days before the retreat. I mean, it's like the devil works overtime. You know why? Because he doesn't want families to have love with one another. And he's constantly battling the families. And what you ought to say right now, and I know this is in September, but you ought to say right now, listen, I am determined like Joshua that I'm going to lead my family, and I'm going to love my family, and I'm going to be there at that couple's retreat. That's a choice that you can make, and I hope that you can be a part of that, because here's the thought is, is that as we make choices as a parent, understand not only are we going to lead them and love them, but understand greater is that we're going to be liable for them. There's a liability when it comes to families. Listen, being a parent and having influence over those in your house, this might be something legal or it might be a spiritual responsibility. Somebody said years ago there was a former American astronaut, true story, that he took over as the head of a major airline. And this a former astronaut was determined to make the airline service the best in the industry. One day as the new president walked through a particular department, 
he saw a, an employee resting his feet on a desk while the telephone on the desk rang and rang and rang. Apparently, he said, You're, uh, aren't you going to answer the phone? And the, uh, the boss said to him, and the man says, he says, this isn't my department. He says, I don't work in this department. He said, I, I, you know, I just, I just kind of, I'm here. I got, I'm just kind of sitting here. He says, I work in maintenance. And the boss says, you don't anymore. You know, he didn't understand the responsibility. If you work for the company, it doesn't matter what department you're in. You know, you ever walk through a Home Depot and you're looking for something and you see a Home Depot person working and you say, hey, where is such and such? And he says, I, I don't work in this department. And I'm like, well, then find somebody that does. We have to understand the responsibility, and the responsibility is this, is that the Bible says in Romans 14 that we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You know what that means? One day, we're all going to stand before the Lord, and we're going to give an account of the life that we live. We're going to give an account of, as for me and my house. And every one of us need to take it very seriously. Listen, there is some personal choices that we need to make. There is some parental choices that we need to make. But look at the third one is Joshua made a purposeful choice. Because here's what he says. Now listen, he said, as for me and my house, notice what he says now, we, we will serve the Lord. You know, my, my children, when they were young, uh, they didn't know when it, when it came time for church, they didn't have a choice. When it was time for church, guess what? We got ready and we went to church. I'll never forget, and part of this might have been because of how I was raised, but when I was a teenage boy, my mom and dad would get ready for church and they would say, hey, listen, we're going to church. And I'd just look at them and they, they would say this to me, well, aren't you going? And i look at them. First time I remember I said, I said uh, no, I'm not going to. And they got ready and went to church. Now, what I, what I needed right then was somebody to straighten me out and take me to church. And listen, when you think about this purpose, Joshua said, you know, look, we are going to serve the Lord. Every decision needs an action. And notice the reason that he said this was, first of all, it was sensible. Because of all that God has done for us, it only makes sense. If you take the time, and I went through that this morning, but in chapter 24, from verses 3 down to verse 13 of that chapter, see how many times you see that God uses the personal pronoun, I did this, I did this, I helped you with this, I gave you this. Look, folks, after all that God has done for us, it only makes sense. It was a purposeful choice because it was sensible. The Bible says in Romans 12, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now look at this verse, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your what? Reasonable service. You know what that word is? It's the word logikos, where we get our English word logical. It's only after what God has done for you, it only makes sense. It's only logical for you to serve the Lord. He says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I think about what Benjamin Franklin said. He said, we are all born ignorant, but one must work hard to remain stupid. You know, you've got to work at it. I've met some people that make a pretty good living out of being stupid. 
But listen, God's given you a brain. God's given you a heart. And understand how important it is to realize how sensible it is that after all that he's done, look, we have been bought with a price. And the Bible says, therefore, glorify God in your body. And understand that God's given us a brand new year. Now, I think about last year, God's given us uh, some sensible things that we did. We had an opportunity this past year, and some of you remember, uh, we were contacted by the college that I was a part of, and they said, listen, we've got, and I knew about this in the past, but I never had an opportunity to be a part of it. We had uh, some college students that came, and they spent the entire summer here going house to house, trying to reach Jewish people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, they talked to everybody, but listen, what a wonderful thing that they did and that they're doing, and the man that sponsors that, that pays for all of it, is a man that's a born-again Christian that is a Jew. And what an opportunity that he has given. I can't imagine what that man's reward will be in heaven someday for all that he's done, because every summer, hundreds of college students are paid Uh, 40 hours a week to go door to door. How'd you like to be paid to go soul winning? And this man was, he was providing materials. And listen, we we really didn't see a lot of folks that were saved, but a lot of literature went out. A lot of gospel was shared. And there were some people that were saved. We also had the privilege in this past year to have a staff intern. And I was talking to our men and and uh, we were talking about bringing somebody on at our church, and, and, and we thought, you know, listen, it only makes sense because our church is growing, and uh, we, we have more work around here than we can get accomplished. Brother Kenny's hair was turning gray, and it was falling out and all this stuff, and, and, and Miss Becky said, Pastor, you better do something, or Brother Kenny's just going to probably just, uh, he's just going to go off the deep end, and so I said, well, let's find somebody, and God gave us an opportunity to have Brother Chris come and, and uh, just help us out for a couple months, and And I I told the man, I said, let's pray about it. And if this is what we all feel like would be a good thing. And and, uh, Brother Chris came and he began to work with us. And and, uh, it was exciting to see that that even even after that uh, time span, and we were thinking about it was just temporary, God began to work and God began to use Brother Chris and his wife. And and, uh, of course, praise the Lord for my two granddaughters here. And that's the only reason we brought Chris and Abby here. But but, uh, what a wonderful thing that through growth, and by the way, that's that's the goal. Is through growth we were able to add the Ortiz family as full-time staff members, you know. And Brother Chris and Miss Abby, they didn't come as, as as some novices. They had been in a couple different ministries, and I, I know a lot of times some of the men say, "Boy, it's it's good thing that Brother Chris came so that he can be taught and mentored." And certainly there is some of that goes on. But honestly, they came because they were already ready to serve God. And what a blessing it is to now have two assistants helping me to get some of the work done. And I keep these guys busy. You can ask both of them. They, they've got lists. They, there's no way they can complete everything. I sit down with them, and the look on their face, the countenance just drops every time they sit in my office, you know? But listen, there is much work to be done, and I'm excited how God has brought a team together, and God's given us uh, some synergy to work together, and through church growth, we've added a staff member, and through church growth, we've seen our children's ministry grow, and Brother Tim is back there on Sunday, and Miss Maylene's just, it'll be okay, Brother Tim, it's all right. There's only 35 in here today, you know, and so we've been talking with them, and we're praying, and we're praying in the days ahead, maybe this year we're going to be able to split our children's church. Well, the only way that's going to happen is somebody's going to have to say, Pastor, listen, I'll help. 
I'll come back there and work with children. I'll teach the children. I'll, I'll work with the, with the Chadwicks, and, and we'll get that other children's church. We'll take the younger kids out because uh, we want to split the older and younger kids. We want it to be a great environment. Hey, listen, these are all good problems to have, folks. And, and I'm excited about the choices that we'll have in this new year. Hey, if you want to think about a purposeful choice, here's one that I want you to think about is this year. I want to, I'm praying that God will give us more workers. Uh, we're needing more people to say, listen, pastor, I'm willing to do this. I, I'll help in any area. I'll, I'll be involved in this. And I've already had some people come, but this year I want it to be a year where we're going to see people enlist in the service of God. We're going to see people be trained to do certain things around the church. And we're going to have uh, opportunities. I spoke with our men at Brother John's yesterday and said, listen, we're going to have some seasons throughout this year, maybe two or three times, maybe more than that, where I'm just going to get together with some of our men and just share my heart and teach them some things that like some uh, men have taught me things over the years and just to help to strengthen uh, the men in our church that we can go on and we can serve the Lord. Look, folks, I can't do it all. Brother Kenny can't do it all. Brother Chris can't do it all. A staff-run church is a staff-ruined church. Listen, this is our church. You need to get involved in the work here. It's time that we get out of the pew or the chair, whatever it is, and we all get involved in the work of God. And this is going to be a great time. And you know why we're going to do all this? Why we're going to add children's activities? Because it only makes sense. It was a sensible choice. That's exactly why Joshua said, we will serve the Lord. It wasn't only sensible, but look at this. It was sincere. Joshua stood before them that day. Hey, listen, this wasn't something made up. This wasn't some false fire. Joshua said, listen, I, I love people. I love you people. I love the work of God. I love people I don't even know. And Joshua says, look, I want to do everything I can to try to help. He's, he was very sincere. Look at chapter 24, verse 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him. Now, watch this. In sincerity and in truth. The word sincere, it means without wax. It means 100% genuine. Do you know that people can tell when you're putting on a fake facade? Uh, some of the people that, that I've had the hardest time pulling the wool over is teenagers. Teenagers just see right through adults that are just putting on a big act. And you know what God wants tonight? He's wanting some people that will say, as for me and my house, we will sincerely serve the Lord. 100%. We're all in. And that's what God wants us to do. Well, how do we do that? Here's an opportunity. In 2018, if you want to make a purposeful choice, here's something that we're going to introduce this year. And I pray that God will use this is it's called care groups. Now, what we're going to do is we are a body, all right? We're not going to sever an arm and sever a leg and all these types of things, but what we are going to do is we're going to create small groups within the larger church. Uh, we're not going to become this little group, this little group, this little group, but what it does is it gives us an opportunity to care for one another personally uh, to where there's someone who will lead each one of those care groups that will make phone calls to those people or maybe write those people or maybe when somebody's in the hospital that, that they can set up with those in that care group where they can make some meals and, and care for those people. It gives us an opportunity to have more of a personal touch in the lives of each individual person in those groups. And here's what we're going to do is about three times this year, 
we're going to have what we call care group fellowship nights. We're going to meet at the church, and we're going to start here. We won't have a full service like we're having tonight. We'll maybe have a couple songs, maybe a few announcements. And then what we're going to do is we're going to leave from here, and we're going to go to all the various homes, and, and we'll have the small groups, the care groups, in different homes. And there'll be, of course, we're Baptists. There might be a little bit of food there, but we're going to have some fellowship, and we'll have maybe a time of testimony, have a time of prayer together, a season of prayer. And listen, times like this will strengthen our church. It'll help you to get to know some of the people. Listen, a lot of times we have to have activities so that you know that that guy across the, 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 the row from you, his first name is not brother. His first name is a real name. And a lot of times we're awful about that. We don't get to know people and, and we'll, we'll learn to care for one another through the care groups. And then another way that we can get involved purposefully is we can choose to go through what I mentioned this morning, discipleship. This is something that I'm going to stress this year and I'm going to continue to talk about it because it's a part of what God gave to the church called the Great Commission. Is that as we see people saved and as we see them baptized, that we want to help them get grounded in the Word of God. This is going to take something on your part if you're going to go through this discipleship program. The title of the program is called Be Committed. And that's what it's going to take on your part is to make a commitment. You see, there was a lot of people that heard about Jesus. And they were very curious. And a lot of those people that were curious, they came out to see if he really was who he said he was. And when he, they came out to see, you know what happened? They went from being curious to where now they, they were convinced. He really is the Son of God. And that's a great step. You want people to be convinced that Jesus is who he says he was. But you want them to take the last step. The last step is once they become convinced, they become committed. And we want to see people get grounded in the Word of God to where, watch this, when a wind of doctrine that is not Bible-based starts to blow. Or you sit down and all of a sudden you see something on the internet and you start to think, hmm, I wonder if that's truth or not. You won't have to worry about it because you've been grounded in the Word of God. And this year we want some of you to make a purposeful choice that you're going to be a part of our discipleship, that you're going to get deep in the Word of God, that it will strengthen you and help you. Listen, Joshua's purposeful choice was we will serve the Lord. It was a sensible choice. It was one that was sincere, but notice it also was servitude. Joshua says, look, as long as I can remember, I have obeyed the Lord. I've done what the Lord's asked me to do. He says, and, and I want to worship Him, and I have faith in Him. Somebody said, most people want to serve God, but they only want to do it in an advisory position. That's the way many people are. Listen, I, I, you know, I know you're looking for some people to serve the Lord, and, and, and I'll help, but I'll only do this. What you ought to say is, I'll do whatever. I remember when I told my pastor, I said, listen, pastor, I don't know what you have around here, but uh, listen, I'll scrub the toilets. I'll mop the floors. And by the way, I scrub my share of toilets. I, the other day, uh, Miss Becky and Brother Kenny were gone, and I came in, and I thought, Miss Becky hasn't been here. Guess who scrubbed the toilets? I didn't have a problem doing it. I got out that blue junk, sprayed it in the toilet, you know, got out the brush, began to scrub underneath just like I was taught, you know, and uh, I left the blue in there in case Miss Mickey came because she's always wondering, is the toilets being clean? If the blue stuff's in there, they've been clean, you know? And I wanted to make sure that, but listen, folks, we have to understand this matter of serving God. Somebody said, whatever is done for God without respect of its comparative character 
as related to other acts is service. And only that is service. Service is, comprehensively speaking, doing the will of God. He is the object. All is for Him, for His sake, as unto the Lord, not as unto man. Hence, even the humblest act of humblest disciple requires a certain divine quality by its being done with reference to Him. The supreme test of service is this, for whom am I doing this? Much that we call service to Christ is not such at all. If we're doing this for Christ, we shall not care for human reward or even recognition. Our work must again be tested by three propositions. Is it work from God as given to us to do from Him? Is it work for God as finding in Him its secret of power? And is it work with God as only a part of His work in which we engage as co-workers with Him? We get to do things with Him. We get to co-labor with the Lord. And it's important that we do this. When I think about servitude, I think about those Hebrew children that in Daniel chapter number three, look what it says, this King Nebuchadnezzar who could have done whatever he wanted in his day, he said, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their god. Hey, that's the kind of people that God's looking for in this year that are going to make a purposeful choice to say, listen, I'm not going to bow down to the gods of this world. I'm going to serve my God. It doesn't matter what you do. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now listen, how can we do that? There are other ways that we can make purposeful choices this year. One of them is through hospitality. Through hospitality. Say, Pastor, what is that? That is people standing outside the door on Sunday morning and standing inside the door, standing in the lobby. Mrs. Flynn and Jessica, a couple other people do a great job with this. We need more people. We have more doors. We have people coming in. A lot of times, listen, somebody that comes to our church, they ought to have five or six people shake their hand and say, hey, listen, I am so glad you are here today. People ought to come in and go, man, I have never been greeted so many times in one church in my life. Matter of fact, it's kind of scary. So many people are saying hi to me. That's the way it ought to be. Listen, we ought to be hospitable to people. I've been to churches where nobody even gives you a holy grunt. And people ought to say, hey, listen, I've never been in a church like this. And some of you could say, hey, listen, I can smile. I can pass out donut holes. I can give a bulletin to somebody. I can be a doorkeeper in the house of God. You can get involved this year and be part of the hospitality team. How about this? The nursery. Those unsung heroes, you know, changing those diapers. Hey, listen, that's not for all of us. I can tell you that right now. I changed my children's diapers, but I'm going to tell you, I struggle with changing other people's diapers. But can I tell you over the years, I've done nursery duty. Now, a lot of times I'll say to my wife, I think that one needs this diaper change, you know. And I I just kind of keep her on top of things while I'm in there. But some of you husbands, watch this now, watch it. Some of you husbands could go in the nursery with your wife. That'd be okay. As long as you're keeping your eye on those little ones, all right? And uh, just being in there, helping out. Listen, we need more people. There were 10 in the nursery this morning. 10. 
Brother Tim, that's like 40 back there where you're at the children. You've 10 of those little babies screaming and hollering, needing a bottle, needing goldfish. I mean, just all kinds of things going on back there. We need more people, and you've got to make a choice. Hey, listen, I'm going to be involved in that. What's some other ways that you can choose purposefully this year? There's going to be a lot of various special activities and, and special days that you can be involved in, and you can help. Let me give you a smidgen of what some of those are. Y'all understand the word smidgen? Some of you are looking at me. That's English, all right? Now, here's one of them, open house. How many of you have ever been to an open house? You know, you open the doors, you welcome people in. And people, some people, they, I hear this all the time. I didn't even know there was a church here. People ought to come by here, and we, we're going to have stuff up that says open house. And when people come in, listen, we want people to come in and go, wow, this place is awesome. Now, you know what's awesome about this place? Our God. That's what's awesome about this place. We're going to have an open house, and you can get involved. Listen, some of you, we might, if I get enough people, I'll have some of you staying out on the street corner with balloons, uh, staying out there with signs. Uh, somebody just needs to be a clown for Jesus, you know, and just, just get involved and welcome people, bring them to, uh, to the open house, our Easter Sunday services. Hey, what a great time. Easter is not about the bunny. It's about Jesus. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. Hey, listen, it'd be a great opportunity for you to, on purpose, do something this year for Easter. We're going to have a special presentation. The choir's going to sing. Hey, I am so excited about our choir. Hey, just more and more people have been getting involved. But guess what? There's still some empty seats in that choir loft. Brother Chris sang this morning. Did y'all see that? I think the rapture must have happened. Brother Chris was right here. Brother Chris sang this morning. He's going to be singing again real soon. Brother Kenny said that. But listen, we, 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 we want to we, we do a little, we're not professional singers, and we don't put on a show, we don't do things for men's applause, we do it all for the Lord. We want to see people come and hear about the risen Savior. Hey, listen, it's a great opportunity for you to get involved on purpose. What's some other ways? Hey, listen, vacation Bible school, I hate kids, I hate kids. Hey, listen, you can't be a Christian and hate kids, all right? You might not like them, but you can't hate them, all right? And listen, some of you, you just need to get over yourself and come enjoy an entire week of vacation Bible school. I'm going to tell you, if you want something that will stir your heart and put you in love with God, you come and help some snotty-nosed kid come to know Christ as their Savior. Hey, what a great opportunity. Last year, uh, we were going to do a little bitty theme out here with a, with a castle, you know. And Miss Becky, she does a great job with the core. She was going to have this little bitty castle that the ladies had used. And Brother Kenny and I looked at each other and I said, we can't do that. That's not a man's castle. And uh, I said, we got to have a castle. And uh, we started to build that thing. And I'm going to tell you, you remember, it took the entire platform. It went all the way to the ceiling. Uh, we almost couldn't get it down. I was just going to leave it there for the rest of until the rapture happens, you know. But listen, we, we need to get excited about it. People say, Pastor, you just get crazy whenever it comes to vacation Bible school. You know why? Because some boy or girl might get saved. You know, if just one boy or one girl gets saved, it's worth it all. You know, I, I never forgot when I came here, the Flynn's told me that, Brother Flynn said that their kids went to vacation Bible school and he got saved as a result of that. You know, a lot of people, their lives were impacted by vacation Bible school. You never know who's sitting in one of those vacation Bible schools. Some little boy that God's going to put his hand on. And God's going to use him to shake this country for Christ. Hey, listen, we ought to be excited about something about vacation Bible school and you can purposefully get involved. How about friend day? You say, well, I don't have any friends. The Bible says you must show yourself friendly. Go make a few friends. You know, go be friendly to somebody. Now, you'll scare them, I guarantee you that, because they'll be like, nobody's this friendly. 
But listen, that's a great opportunity to bring your friends to church. Hey, hey, listen, if they're your friend, you ought to be excited if they get saved. I think about another way is our missions conference. Listen, folks, we have an opportunity. That is the most important business day of the year for our church because souls hang in the balance and how many people are going to give. And I'm excited about how many people said, listen, pastor, by faith, I'm going to give this year to missions and I'm going to support worldwide evangelization and I'm going to get involved in tithing. I don't really understand it. I just know the Bible teaches it. And listen, I'm going to tell you, the result of that is that we will see more fruit and we will see much fruit. How about this? You can get involved in our Christmas program. I know we just passed Christmas, but guess what? I got to get Kenny, Brother Kenny planning now, you know? He's got to get things ordered. and He's got to get things in. He's got to prepare things. Brother Kenny's like, Pastor, slow down. We will. There's time to slow down when we see Jesus, all right? We're going to slow down then. But listen, there is ways that you and I can purposefully be involved, and you have to choose on purpose to get involved. Joshua said this, uh, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, look at the last thing I want you to see. You say there's more? Yeah, there's one more. Look at this. It was a pressing choice. Look at this verse. He says, choose you. What's those next two words? Choose you this day. He didn't say choose tomorrow. He didn't say choose next week. He didn't say choose next year. I, I get so weary of Christians who had this, well, I'll do that someday attitude. I used to do this. I used to be a part of that. Joshua says, choose you this day whom you will serve. See, it was a pressing choice. Elijah, again, I mentioned this this morning, he stood there on Mount Carmel. And Elijah stood there with the prophets of Baal and the prophets of the grove and he called all the people and he says to them, how long, after all God's done for you, after all God has delivered you from, all the great things that God's done for you, how long are you going to halt between two opinions? I mean, seriously, do you really have to think about it any longer? I mean, most of the stuff I talked about tonight, if you are a child of God, a blood-bought child of God, then every one of you ought to just be saying, hey, look, it's a given. I'm in. I'm 100% in with sincerity. I want to serve God. And jo look, Elijah, just like Joshua says, how long are you going to halt between two opinions? If God be God, then follow him. Do you know that no decision is no decision? You're either a yes or you're a no. There's no in-between. There's no middle ground, folks. To not say anything is a no. And look, in this day and hour, we have no idea the Lord could come back tomorrow. How many of you would like for the Lord to say to you, well done? I want to hear those words. And listen, folks, it's not because of anything I've done or you've done. It's that we've done what he's asked us to do. We've got to make some choices. And, and here's a couple things that I think about when I think about things pressing in 2017. Amazing, folks. Listen, and this is to the tribute of our God and to his people. I commend you. In 2017, we made a much improvement here on our property and on some of the things around our church. Our God's blessed us with such a beautiful piece of property. Some of you are shaking your heads at that figure, aren't you? 
$81,328. Say, Pastor, what did you buy? Well, I've got a Jaguar at home, but I'm, I don't want to tell you. No, I'm just kidding. Some of you are looking at me like it. But seriously, all of us understand that, that wear and tear age on a building, that, that the building's 18 years old. It's a, such a beautiful piece of property. I want to make the most out of what God's given to us. That's what we did with the pews, and we sent them off to uh, Brother Desir so he could take them to Haiti, and we put the chairs in. We've been trying to be a good steward of what God's given to us, and, and in this past year, we had, we had many things that we needed to make improvements, and one of the things, we had an older piano. God gave us opportunity through some of your giving. We were able to get this beautiful digital piano, and, uh, and some people have been using it for the glory of God. We got a brand new soundboard and some equipment back there for our sound system. We had all the, the, the infrastructure underneath of our platform. We took the platform completely apart, had it all rewired back into the sound room. All of that cost money. We had a man come down from uh, North Carolina that helped us out with that. We had the uh, auditorium lighting updated to where at least it was bright in here. We had some uh, things done on the parking lot, uh, a, a new entryway that some of you have been helping us out park on the other parking lot over there. We had some uh, landscaping that we've done, just trying to keep the outside of the property beautiful. And I don't want Brother Gilbert to get on me, so we're trying to make that look nice out there. And we had some sprinkler work done outside. We had the inside of the of the most of the auditorium in the back and some of the entryway in that, the interior of the church painted. And, and uh, we, we, you're sitting in brand new chairs. We have brand new carpeting. Uh, all of these things were done this year. We had some office furniture that we purchased. We had, uh, some of us were trained and certified with uh, CPR. And we had, uh, we, we have, have a uh, machine back there, a smart machine that if anybody ever needs it, it's back there. I'm glad it's a smart machine because I've already forgot everything they taught me in CPR class. But, but nonetheless, we've got it back there and somebody else can handle it instead of me. But uh, we had two, listen, we had two air conditioners replaced on the roof. Now, I don't even know how many, what do we got, five, six of them, something like that. And uh, guess what? They're all the same age. And uh, the two that were replaced, they were the two worst that were up there. And that's 10000 for one, 8500 for the other one. How many of you like AC? Praise the Lord, right? And see, folks, listen, all of this is because God has given the growth. God's given an opportunity to see. And we've been, just been trying to be a good steward of what God's given to us here. It's so important that we understand how pressing it is that we choose to serve the Lord today, this day. Let me give you some things that are pressing that, that you need to be aware of. And certainly this next thing I'm going to talk about is something that I know all of you are well aware of this, is that there are a lot of evil people in this world. And there's a lot of people that are looking to hurt people for no reason whatsoever. And so we've been trying to be good stewards about this matter. And I've sought some counsel and I've tried to go to the right sources. And what we've done is we've had some men in our church that have been certified in the area of firearms. And we've set up a security team and we're just trying to protect you protect the, the house of God, the, the work of God, because we all know that the devil would love nothing more than to get into this place and to cause much hurt, much destruction. And so in the days ahead, we're going to unveil to you a little bit more about that. But if you see some guys walking around uh, during the service out in the lobby and that, chances are they're probably going to look at you and say, what are you doing out here? Because uh, you're supposed to be in the house of God listening to the message. 
And they're out there for a reason. They're out there because pastor knows they're out there. They're out there protecting you and your family in this church. And uh, when the church services start, every door in this place is locked while the service is going on except for one of those two doors right there in the entryway. And there is somebody on security standing in the lobby watching. And folks, I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you more in the days ahead. We were, we've already worked on uh, some plans as far as something, if something does happen, how we're going to handle it, how we're going to exit, what we're going to do. We're, all of that is for your safety, and I want you to know that. I don't want you to be scared because I know that God's on our side. But again, I think many times things happen because we're not planned, we're not prepared, and we want to do everything we can, and that's a pressing choice. Another thing this year is uh, that we need to do some things or possibly need to do some things in this new year and one of those is is that uh, we we uh, really don't have a lot of storage space uh, for some things that are not inside things they're outside things we have been blessed with one shed back in the corner of our property back here but it's not a very big shed and so we're going to have uh, we're, we're already set into motion everything we do we always take two or three bids i try to talk to men in our church or ladies that might know somebody we're uh, going to see if we can get some information and find out how much it would cost to have another shed put out there that we could store some things out there. So if you know somebody, uh, maybe somebody that does block work, things like that, uh, you can give that information to Brother Kenny or Brother Chris, and, and uh, we'll take that under advisement. We'll get some bids on that, but we need to get something that we can store more material, outside things, and we want it to be safe. We also are going to look, it may not happen this year, but uh, we're, we're uh, contemplating one of the things that we've been just kind of passing by is our uh, bathrooms, men's and ladies' restrooms, and uh, they're, 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 we're doing the best we can with them, but the uh, bathrooms all need to be remodeled. They need to be updated. Uh, there's a lot of things in there that just need to be replaced, and so that's something else we're going to look into. We've been talking for the last couple of years about the possibility of having a 15-passenger van. We have a lot of ladies' uh, activities and men's retreats and teen things, and uh, we've got the bus, and honestly, we've gotten to the place quite a few times now where the bus just isn't enough. Uh, we had a men's breakfast, and we had that bus loaded down. It'd be nice to have a 15-passenger van, maybe for the ladies that don't feel comfortable driving the bus, that they could take the van whenever they have a ladies' retreat. And again, if we do something like that, it, the chances are we're going to look for something that is economical, something that uh, is not necessarily brand new, but if that's the direction that the church wants to go, but we're going to try to be a good steward, get something nice that looks nice, have the church name on it, that's something that we'll look into. And then uh, as God has continued to bless, we're, we're thinking about and have already uh, for about the past year, we've been looking around the area for some property, some land, maybe a building, something like that as God continues as you saw this morning, to grow our church, uh, as God gives the increase, certainly we can only put so many people in this service, in this auditorium, and we may need to, we may need to think about finding some land and maybe building a building or purchasing a building. And so you, you just pray along with us on that. You may know of something, and we've done a lot of research, and we've looked around. Again, we want to be sensible with, with it. But uh, we're just trusting the Lord in these areas, and we're going to wait until it's God's timing on some of these things. But these are things that God's put on my heart. They're real needs. They're, they're real pressing things in our church in this day and hour. And I love what the Bible says in Joshua chapter 13, earlier on in Joshua's life. He was old, the Bible says, and stricken in years. And the Lord said unto him, Thou art old and stricken in years, but notice, and there remaineth yet very much land to be possessed. That's what I think about our church. Uh, there's a lot of work still to be done, folks. Uh, I get excited when, when I have some of our members in our church, and I say this 
uh, with love and sincerity that are older than I am who have more fire in their, in their bosom for the work of God than some younger people in our church. And I, I, listen, that just, that just supercharges me every time I have somebody that comes up to me that actually could just be coasting into the finish line that says, Pastor, we just need to go on for God. We need to build a church. We need to build a building. We need to do this. We need to do that. And listen, we just want to do whatever it is that God wants us to do. I never forgot this verse in John 6 and verse 67. And I think about as Jesus said this unto the 12, notice what he asked them. He said, will ye also go away? Are you going to get involved this year? You're going to be a part. Listen, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. A lot of people quit on God. I look around and I hope that everyone that's sitting here tonight will be here one year from now and there will be others. But a lot of folks along the way, I've had people who have come to me in recent days and said, hey, pastor, what about so-and-so? I haven't seen them in a while. There's a lot of those folks. And for various reasons, sometimes work situations, sometimes they just move. Sometimes it might be something they don't agree with. But you know, listen, if we love God and we want to see the work of God go forward, we've got to make some choices. Some are going to be personal. Some are going to be parental. All of them need to be on purpose. But there are some things that are very pressing. We've got to be determined as Joshua was. The Bible says in James chapter 4, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is what? Sin. All of us. You know, I never have to tell somebody that's struggling in their life. Maybe they've got into sin. There's a lot of Christians who feel like they've got to go tell them what they're doing wrong. What I have found many times is I don't have to tell them what they're doing wrong. They already know it. They already know it. And I think every one of us know everything that I said tonight. Every one of us. Joshua stood there that day and thought, I don't know how much longer I'm going to have on this earth. And the, the reality is, I don't know how much longer I'm going to have. Neither do you. But Joshua said, choose you this day. What are you going to do today? It's time to choose. Let's bow our heads tonight with our heads bowed. Lord, thank you for this evening, and I thank you for the challenge that you put before me months ago. And Lord, I thank you tonight for those that have come, that have sat and listened longer than we're normally here. I believe this is no doubt the cream of the crop. These are people that, that love you, that, that are in your house on a Sunday night when they could be doing something else. I'm certainly not angry or upset at anyone. As a matter of fact, I love everyone here. Lord, as much as I would like to see people make choices, I know that you want to see them make choices. Choices that are personal to get involved. Choices that are parental to influence those around them. Choices that are purposeful. And certainly... Choices that are pressing on us right now. It's time, Lord, 
It's time for us to choose. The Lord bless the invitation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.